Greetings and welcome to Astronomy 104 at Hack. We spent last time, I told you a little bit about, we talked about stellar evolution and I told you about the formation of stars. And now we're going to spend this week, we're going to talk about the later history of a star like the Sun. And then next time we'll go on and we'll talk about what happens to the more massive stars than the Sun. Now for a star like the Sun, once it's formed, it then spends a long time on the main sequence. So a long time on the main part of the HR diagram. And that is while it is burning that hydrogen into helium at its core. Now, it's burning hydrogen at an incredible rate, but it is so massive that it will still take, a star like the Sun can take 10 billion years to exhaust that supply of hydrogen at its core, in its core. So once a star like the Sun, and again, that's like the star like the Sun forms, it will stay there, for, it'll stay nice and stable for 10 billion years, and it's pretty much a very boring thing. Now that's a good thing for us in many ways because the sun is actually staying stable and it's not getting hotter and colder and that would not be a pleasant thing for us here on earth if the sun were getting hotter and colder every million years even or so. That would not be a pleasant thing, it would not be a pleasant thing for us. But it just pretty much stays stable. So nothing really much interesting happens until it begins to exhaust that hydrogen in its core. Now the sun is about five billion years old. So in another five billion years, we will be getting to that stage. Not something we got to worry about in our lifetimes. But what will happen afterwards is that as the sun, as it's the sun starts using up that hydrogen, it's building up helium in its core. So it's building up a helium ash, sort of. That's the remnants, the charcoal that's left over after the sun, after the hydrogen burns, and it ends up building up a core of helium. Now. This helium is not like helium on Earth. It's the same chemical. It's the same, you know, chemically. Yes, it is, but it's it's much denser. It's smushed together so densely at the center of the sun, and gravity is pulling that the sun down. Now we see that stellar evolution is kind of a a tug of war between gravity and energy production. At sometimes they gravity gets balanced out by energy production and gets held off for a while and eventually gravity will come and take over again. And that's what starts to happen. As this helium ash is forming at the core of the star and there's no more hydrogen or energy production there, this core of the star starts to contract and get denser and denser and denser. So the hydrogen is actually then, the hydrogen, the helium is actually condensing in the core and getting denser, gets denser and denser. But there's no energy production, so gravity slowly pulling it down and tighter and tighter together. Now, the rest of the sun then is starting to produce energy in a shell of hydrogen around that core. So we have a dense core, which is nothing going on there right now, except it's contracting and getting hotter and hotter and hotter. But it has to get pretty hot before anything else happens. 10 million degrees is nothing. That's enough to burn hydrogen. It won't start igniting the helium yet until it gets a lot hotter. But around that, the temperatures have increased, so the hydrogen burns sort of in a shell. So you can sort of think of this, and we're going to see this even more as later, especially next time when we talk about the larger stars. It's sort of like an onion. You're starting to get one core here, and then you're going to have shells around it. So you have a shell of hydrogen burning. So that is producing energy, and you're producing enough energy that you're pushing off the outer layers of the star. So while the inner core starts to expand, that shell burning produces enough energy that pushes up the outer layers and causes them to grow. 
So what's going to happen to the sun when this occurs is that the sun is going to get cooler it's going to get, and bigger. So the sun is actually going to grow in size and get larger and larger and eventually swell up to the orbit of Mercury at this point. It will become what we call a red giant star. It will also become a much cooler star. So it will be a cooler star and a bigger star. And it moves up the HR diagram from the main sequence towards the upper right where the large red stars are on our HR diagram. Now once that happens it keeps doing this. And it keeps getting bigger and bigger and bigger and bigger. And then it, until eventually what happens is that helium is going to ignite. Now that to ignite helium to burn, helium is a little harder to burn than hydrogen. Now part of the reasoning for that is first of all helium has two positive charges on each so instead of trying to smash a single positive charge against a single positive charge you're trying to smash a double positive charge against a double positive charge. That's a lot harder to do, requires more energy. It also turns out that you can't just two, two heliums at once. Smashing two heliums together doesn't form anything stable and it just immediately breaks apart. We need to actually smash three heliums together simultaneously. And that forms a carbon atom. So three heliums to form one carbon atom actually forms something stable. And that takes a temperature of about 100 million degrees. So at that temperature, say at 100 million degrees, all of a sudden that helium will ignite. Now I've told you that helium was extremely dense. Again, it's not like the helium you think of in a balloon. It is extremely dense, packed together helium, almost as tight as it can possibly be, squeezing out all that empty space that exists between the atoms, the atoms and the nuclei. When that happens, it's sort of a runaway explosion. We call it a helium flash. It burns and it burns and it burns and it's sort of a runaway almost explosion until we've generated enough energy to kind of expand that core. It takes a lot of energy to expand that core. So a lot of that energy of that flash goes into expanding the core and decreasing the density and making it behave more like normal material that we're used to. So what happens there is that the helium now ignites and burns and we've jumped from the hydrogen so we've, we've been moving up towards that red giant branch and we've jumped back down a little bit towards the main sequence. We don't actually land on the main sequence again. We land on what's called the horizontal branch. And this is actually where stars, we talked about when we talked about distances, we talked about the RR Lyrae stars. This is actually where they, they, are, they exist. So these kind of stars, RR Lyrae stars, are stars that are burning helium in their core. So we ignited the helium in a flash. We finally expanded that extremely dense core to make it a little closer to normal matter. Still much denser than anything we're used to on Earth. And it burns the helium for a short time on the horizontal branch, but it burns it at a much faster rate. It takes a lot more helium to produce that energy to balance gravity because it doesn't, burning helium does not produce near the amount of energy per reaction that burning hydrogen does. And we'll find that continues as we go through the different sequences. Now for some stars, much smaller than the Sun, this would be the end. They'd burn that helium and that helium would eventually burn out and the star would die. A star like the Sun has another stage to it. It can do a little bit more than burning. It gets to go through a slightly more. It'll actually burn up 
and burn. It won't actually ignite the carbon, but it'll actually start to burn helium in a shell. So you sort of do this. Here's, here comes, starts to come your onion. You have, you have the carbon ash at the core, and then you have helium in a shell around it, and you have hydrogen in a shell around that. So you're getting layer upon layer upon layer. When we get to the more massive stars, they can do even multiple layers, and you can end up with seven or eight different layers of materials that are burning at the same time, from hydrogen to helium to carbon to oxygen to silicon. And we'll come back again to that next time. But you can build up those layers. So as, but as you build up this carbon ash, we're now going to move up. We saw we moved up to the giant branch once when the star became a red giant. Now the sun's going to get even bigger. It's going to move up what we call the asymptotic giant branch. So it moves up towards the giant branch again, but even bigger. And it will actually swell up to the size, and it's already encompassed Mercury's orbit. It'll get Venus and Earth as well. It'll get big enough that the sun will extend out to the orbit of the, beyond the orbit of the Earth. And of course, that will mean the end of anything on Earth. We would be swallowed up by the sun, and our orbit would decay, and we would go into the sun. Of course, long before that, we would have been overheated and the atmosphere burned off. So it's not like we have to worry about that. Again, we're talking five billion years into the future. But what we can do, but what it's doing is it goes up that asymptotic branch. It's building up the iron and the carbon in the core. That's getting hotter and hotter and hotter. But guess what? The sun's never going to get it hot enough to ignite that carbon. So it gets hotter and hotter in the core, and those shells burning get more and more intense and push the material and make it larger and larger. And eventually, at the end, those, it becomes unstable, and those outer layers get puffed out into space. And they form what we call a planetary nebula. So the outer layers of the star get pushed out into this giant planetary nebula, giant ring essentially around the dead core of the sun, which is going to be an extremely hot white dwarf star. Extremely hot, hundreds of thousands of degrees as, it's, as it starts to cool. And that is the extremely hot, and that is putting out all the energy to illuminate the rest of that. All the hot ultraviolet radiation from that white dwarf star, that freshly formed white dwarf star, is illuminating the beautiful nebula that we see. And we've looked at some pictures of those in the past, so you've actually seen planetary nebulae before. And then, over time, the white dwarf will cool off, and that planetary nebula, the nebula material, will get pushed further off into space. Eventually, the white dwarf cools off to the point where it doesn't emit enough energy to excite the atoms in the nebula, and it will the nebula will disappear from sight, although it'll still be there slowly expanding out into space and being ready to become a part of the next generation of stars. Now, as we, and then the white dwarf will slowly cool off, and eventually a white dwarf becomes what we call a black dwarf. Now, a black dwarf is not something that's ever been seen. It is theorized. It makes sense as to what the end result would be. But there has not yet been enough time in the history of the universe for something like a black dwarf to form. A black dwarf would just be a white dwarf that has cooled off so enough so far that it's gotten dark and almost impossible to see. So that is sort of a bit of summary, quick 10-minute summary or so of what, would hap what happens to a star like the sun in terms of its evolution. Next time, next week, I'm going to talk about what will happen to a star more massive than the Sun that actually forms those other layers of the onion and does some more interesting things that may occur in its, in its 
end of its life. So we'll talk about that next time. So that concludes part two in stellar evolution that we've been talking about. Again, last week we did the formation of stars. This time we talked about the evolution of a star like the Sun, brief summary of it. And next time we're going to come back and talk about the evolution of a star more massive than the Sun. So we'll see you next week with that part. Until then, have a great day everyone, and I will see you in class.